you have your Bibles, I want you to get those ready, phone, whatever it is that you have with you today. You're going to need those here in just a moment. I, along with uh, Brother Trevor, want to reiterate, if there's any Sunday you're going to miss, don't miss December the 3rd. Don't miss December the 3rd. Please, please, mom, dad, uh, child, young person, whoever you are, don't miss. Change your plans. Please be here. It's a time where we reflect on what God has done here at Truth Church and what we believe and what we're hoping that he's going to do in the future. Amen. So I encourage you, please be here. I'll catch it online. It's not the same. It's not the same. You need to be here. And I'm asking, I don't normally try to do that, but I'm asking, I'm begging you, please, if you have plans to be out of town on that Sunday, do whatever you possibly can to change them and uh, miss another Sunday. Amen. I'm giving you permission to miss another Sunday so you don't miss that one. Amen. I don't want you to miss that one. Praise God. You may be seated. Do things a little different today. Just have your Bibles close by. I made mention of this on Wednesday evening that I was going to talk about the gift of grace. I was going to preach about the gift of grace. I'm going to do that this morning. And I, I want to, uh, I made mention that I would probably finish that series on uh, the 13th of December. I'm going to change that. I'll be uh, doing it on a Sunday uh, here in the next few weeks. But today we're going to preach about, talk about the gift of grace. Grace is the means by which the holy God expresses his love and mercy to an unholy creation. God focuses on what we do not deserve and cannot do ourselves. Justice is what we deserve, but mercy is what he chooses to bestow upon us. Ladies and gentlemen, we deserve justice. We deserve much worse than what we receive. But I'm thankful that I serve a God, the one and only true God that desires to show us mercy. He chooses to give us mercy rather than what we deserve. I said it a moment ago, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm so thankful, though, that Jesus desires to have that relationship with us. So he desires to bestow mercy on each and every one of us. The holiness of God demands satisfaction and judgment. It desires and wants to give us what we deserve, but at the same time, it wants to give us mercy. And oh, I'm thankful for that today. Because God is perfect and holy. Somebody say he's holy. Look at your neighbor and say, God's perfect. Look at him again and say, you ain't. Use that Texas vernacular, if you will. You ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. But God is perfect. He's holy. I'm so thankful for a holy God. I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to serve the only perfect thing that there is. And that is Jesus Christ. He's perfect. We sinners are not worthy of being in the presence, let alone living with him forever. 
But listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I need somebody to hear me today. It does not matter. And I don't, I don't mean this in the, in the sense that what you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have consequences for what you do. But it does not matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what sin that you have committed. He desires for you and me to be in his presence. He desires us to be in his presence. We don't deserve that. We shouldn't be able to be there. We shouldn't have the opportunity to be in his presence forever. But I'm thankful that he wants us to be there. God's holiness demands that we die. Man, that's mean. But His holiness demands that. It demands that I die. It demands that I don't get forgiveness. But He wants to give us forgiveness. So much so that He robed Himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us so He could do one thing, and that is die. So we wouldn't have to die for our sins. Why does it demand for us to die? Because we failed. Humanity failed. Humanity had a beautiful garden. Humanity had everything. And all you don't, what you don't need to do is go over there and be around that tree and partake of that tree. Man said, don't even touch it. But we failed. We failed miserably. We are not what we should be. We are not perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. The only satisfaction to both God's love and His holiness is the cross. Oh, I'm thankful for the cross. I said I'm thankful for the cross. Sir, ma'am, dad, mom, young person, we need to be thankful for the cross now more than ever. We need to hold up the cross now more than ever. I'm not talking around your neck. I'm not talking on your bracelet. I'm not talking about that. That's all superficial and no good. I'm talking about we need to be thankful for the cross of our salvation. He came and he died on the cross that we might have life. Satisfaction to both God's love and His holiness is the cross. Where God Himself expressed His love for us in the gift of His flesh. While satisfying the divine justice of His holiness by condemning sin in the flesh. In other words, God's holiness demands a perfect sacrifice because of mankind's lack of holiness. And can I just stop for a moment and say nothing has changed. I said nothing has changed. We still lack holiness. I'm not just talking about the length of your skirt and I'm not talking about the length of your sleeve and what you have on your face. I'm talking about what's in the heart. We lack holiness in the heart. Don't tell me that we don't because our attitudes show it. Our missing church shows it. Our desire to do other things other than love God and serve him and be holy shows it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. God's love demands that we spare. We spare his imperfect creation. That he spare his imperfect creation. 
God's holiness and sovereignty must be understood in the context of his loving and gracious personality. Somebody say the cross. The cross extends up to heaven and down to humanity, reconciling, trusting people with their God. Key word, trusting people with their God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him. Look at your neighbor and say all your ways. Don't make the decision on your own. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Acknowledge Jesus Christ. Trust him because when you trust him, you get closer to him. When you trust him, you draw near unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. Divine justice is satisfied, the Bible says. The wages of sin. Somebody say the wages of sin. The wages of sin. Somebody say it again. The wages of sin. Romans 6 and 23. The wages of sin is. But the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. I talked about this on Wednesday night. I know you young people and, the, and some of you other people that were upstairs did not hear it. But the wages of sin, if I sin, my result of sinning should be death. It should be me dying and not being able to live complete and total destruction. But God. But our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The reason that the wage of sin is death is because our God is perfect and our God is holy. We are not. We deserve to die. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, because he loved the world so much, we have an opportunity not to die. The Bible says this in John 3, in verse 16. Praise God. This is because God loved the world so much. He gave his only begotten son. Listen to this. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because God loves the world. He meted out mercy. Here's you some mercy. Here's you some mercy. Here's you some mercy. Put it together. Here's you some mercy. He loved us so much that he gave the gift of grace. I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. I need you right now to stand to your feet and clap your hands unto the Lord, not to me and not because I asked you, but I need you to lift your voice and I need you to thank him because I'm telling you, Jesus Christ has given the gift of grace. It's in this place today. It's still coming from Calvary today. It's still in this place today for us to receive the gift of grace. Come on, lift your voice to it. It doesn't matter what you've done, sir. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times you've skinned your knee. It doesn't how many, nobody, 
up. All that matters is that you understand today that the gift of grace is for you still. I said it's still for you today. Oh, Lord, we're thankful. Thank you, Jesus, for dying. I know it's the season of celebrating his coming, but I sure am thankful that he died, that we could have, that we could experience, that we could be a part of the group of people that received his grace and his mercy. You may be seated. Grace revealed. If you need some, if you're someone in the house that you need a text, John 3.16 is our text today. Grace revealed, without the love of God, man would be left stranded in his sin. I want to ask this question, and I want class participation if you'll allow that today. How many remember where he found you? Would you stand to your feet? You remember the grossness that you were in. You remember the sin that you were in. You remember. I know some people were born in the church. They've been in the church. and That's all right. But some of you, you remember what you used to do. Do you remember what you used to do? Brother Noe, do you remember where he found you, brought you out of? I need you to remember today. I need you to remember the path that you were on. I need you to remember the direction you were going. But the gift of grace was given to you. The the mercy was meted out to you and to me. Oh, you may be seated. Without the love of God, man would be left stranded in his sin. Pastor, why do you want us to remember? Why do you want us to stand and talk about that? Because I want you to remember where you could be stranded. But through the love, oh hallelujah, through his love that he provided a way for you and me to get out of there, to run from that situation, to escape that judgment, it would have come. Oh, I don't think we really realize it today. I hope that we can. This is where you were. You were maybe a drunkard or maybe you were, you were living life and everything was perfect. You had all the money and all the things you needed, but you were still found wanting every day. You needed something and you found Jesus Christ. Things and stuff did not help you, did not meet the need that was in your heart. Maybe you were broken. Maybe you came from a broken home. Whatever it was, but there you were. Jesus looked over the balcony of heaven and he said, this is why I did it. This is, I wanted to find Trevor. I wanted to find Travis Hunter. I wanted to find Noe. I wanted to find Brother Philip Griffin. I I wanted to give them, I wanted to give them this grace and this mercy. I wanted to find our youth pastor. I wanted to find our youth pastor's wife. And so here it is. Gotta remember today that it was a gift of grace. Oh, hear me this morning. I'm going to preach about it for a moment. Grace revealed. But you need to understand you're in good company right now. There are people that are sitting beside you. There are people that were broken and hurting. And today, today they are recipients of the gift of grace. They gave Jesus an opportunity to do something in them. And they made a decision to grab a hold of that gift. Today. God's love. For man is best revealed, best revealed in its application toward man in the form of grace. 
Grace is the extending of divine mercy to mankind in the plight of his sinful condition. We need to hear that. It was going to be bad. Brother Garcia, I don't know your whole testimony. I know bits and pieces, but it was going to be bad. Brother Noe, I've heard, I've heard some testimony. You've told me some. Your wife's told me some. It could have been bad. So in your plight of sin, here came the holy God of all creation, the only one, the gracious God. And he came to you. He came to others that are in this room. And he said, here is the gift of grace. It was God's love that compelled him to come to earth in the flesh. It was his, it pushed him. It, it oh man, I, I love him so much. I love Ashley so much. I, I love Noe so much. I love Brother Dustin so much. I love Brother Jonathan so much. I love Mia. I love, I love, I love all of these children that are now here. I love them so much. So I'm compelled to come. And the reason I want to come is I want to give them the opportunity to receive this gift. I want to give them the opportunity to grab a hold of this grace that I have for them. No, I don't want them to continue in their sin. No, I don't want them to continue going that direction and living like that. But even in their midst of sin, here I come. My love drives me. My love propels me to come to where they are. Somebody say the gift of grace. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Colossians 2 and verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Let me tell you something. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was Jesus that came. It was Jesus that gave you grace. It wasn't me. It wasn't a church. It wasn't an organization. It wasn't an AA program. It was Jesus that gave you the gift of grace. Don't be mistaken. It wasn't anybody else. It was Jesus. It wasn't some other program. It was Jesus. Him and all of his glory. He came. He came, talking about grace revealed. He came to suffer the reproach of sin. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to go to Isaiah. Isaiah 53. I just want to read it today. I know probably many people that are listening or watching and many people that are here in the room today, you probably know this. It's probably in your mind. You probably can quote some of it, but I want to read it today. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow acquainted with grief. And we hid, oh praise God, as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he 
was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Listen to it today. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. To be crucified. Man. Go back to it. We, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. To be crucified as the perfect sacrificial offering of sin. Oh my goodness. Grace revealed. I don't know how much clearer that it can get, ladies and gentlemen. This is what he did. This is what he came to do. This is how much you mean to him and how much I mean to him. He wanted to create a gift. You know what this is? What he was doing in that scripture just a moment ago is wrapping up grace. I'm, I'm getting, I'm wrapping up grace. Matthew 27 and verse 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them. And upon the vesture did they cast lots. Going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8, 18, verse 8 rather, which none of the pieces of this world knew, princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Praise God. To be resurrected so that those who believe on him may be free. Listen, those who believe on him may be free from sin. And receive his spirit. None of the princes would have done it. If they had known who he was. But he kept it quiet. Why? Because he was wrapping up the gift of grace. He knew, Brother Trevor, that only him. Spreading his hands having those feet put together with a nail and a spear in his side and a crown of thorns on his head and cat of nine tails on his back, he knew that that is the only thing that could pull us out of a wretched, sinful nature and set us on a path to glory, to set us on a path of a relationship with him. It's the greatest thing that happened in all of history. There's nothing better gift of grace it was the greatest act of love the world has ever seen Jesus himself alluded to the fact in our text John 3 and verse 16 it says this see it, it, it John 3 and verse 16 seems to sum up the greatest of God's gracious love listen to what it says for God so loved somebody say he loved love. for God so loved it was gracious love 
God so loved. It was the best thing, the greatest thing that could ever happen. The greatest degree that you could ever have of love came from God. God so loved the world. How many people are in the world? Anybody know right now? Eight billion, Google tells us. God so loved the world. That's the greatest number. It doesn't stop the world. He didn't put a cap on it, ladies and gentlemen. He said the world. God so loved the world. Somebody say the world. This is grace revealed. God so loved the world. The greatest number that could ever be numbered. The world that he gave the greatest gift. His only begotten son. The greatest sacrifice that whosoever the greatest offer. The greatest offer that whosoever. He's talking to you and me and to anybody outside these four walls. Anybody in any state in the United States and the world. Any country. Any village. Any backwoods old place. Doesn't matter where it is. He says that whosoever. It's the greatest offer. He did not limit it to your social status. He did not limit it to where you come from. He did not limit it if you had a dad or a mom that lived for God or not. It does not matter. Doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter who you are. That whosoever the greatest offer believeth in him the greatest power should not perish. The greatest promise. What do you mean? Everybody's going to die. Yes, we're going to die a physical death. But the hope is for glory. The hope is to be with him in paradise. The hope is that we would not perish in eternal damnation. But we would receive the greatest reward. But have everlasting life. A person cannot fully appreciate the magnitude of God's gift of grace until he comprehends the method by which it comes to him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Do we understand where it comes from? It's not Truth Church of Denison with all of its small groups and all of its activities and all of the things that we do and, and, and our discipleship and, and our hospitality team and our coffee shop and, and beautiful praise team. Didn't they do a good job today? It's, it's not, that's not where it comes from. It does not come from the Pentecostal, United Pentecostal Church International. It doesn't come from any of those places. It comes from God. First John 3 and 16 says it comes from God. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. That's where it comes from. No, it didn't come from your friend that invited you to Truth Church. It didn't come from them teaching you the Bible study. That's not where the grace came from. It came from God. Only when we understand the immensity 
of the sacrificial price that was paid do we begin to realize the incredible worth of the gift of grace. Turn your attention to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God commanded his love toward us. But God commanded his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. Somebody say his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Oh, hallelujah. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The supreme example, the supreme example of God's love in action revealed the extent to which God really does care for his creation. Man, he cares for you and me. Do you understand that we're not an ant in the sandbox, as I've heard someone put before, and God's up in heaven with a magnifying glass. No, that's not how he views us. He views us as precious. He views us as his lamb. He, he views us as a dove. I, man, I want to pull you close. As a hen gathers her chicks, I want you to be with me always. I want you to be around me always. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how much I love you. And I am going to give you the gift of grace that you would have life and life more abundantly. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord right now. Jesus' declaration in John 3 and 16 occurred under his dialogue with Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. The theme of their discussion was the necessity of being born again. From Nicodemus' question in John 3 and verse 4, it says this, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Skipping down to verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can the things that you just told me be? How can it be? It is evident in the scriptures that he understood neither the purpose of Jesus' coming to earth. And what was his purpose? His purpose was to bring salvation, nor the way in which salvation would be made available. And that salvation is made available through a spiritual rebirth experience. I didn't mention it just because I wanted to do that today. But I mentioned baptism today. And I mentioned the infilling of the Holy Ghost today. Because that is the only way that you can receive the gift of grace. The grace of God is a gift, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter how much we want it and we desire it as a church for you to receive grace. It doesn't matter how much your friend or your family member wants you to receive grace. A gift is only received if you reach out and get it. That's it. 
You can have a big table, and I wish I would have had time to do it. You can have a big table right there, and it have Darren Gilbert's gifts on the front of it, and all of those gifts on the table are mine. But I still have to go over there and pick it up and open it up and look at it and get excited and go put it in my car and drive to my house to be a recipient of those gifts. And today, the gift of grace is before us all. It's on a smorgasbord, if you will, in this building right now. I know you're broken. I know you don't have everything together. I know life is a messed up thing. But the gift of grace is for you today. The gift of grace. The grace of God is a gift. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says this, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves It is the gift of God. It is a gift that is only received. It's only received by a conscious action on the part of the recipient. What do I need to do, Pastor Darren? What do I need to do to receive grace? I don't know who you are. I know many people in this building, but I don't know everybody in this building. But I believe God has given me a divine appointment today as I felt it on a Wednesday night. There's somebody in this building right now. I feel it in the Holy Ghost that you need to be a recipient of the gift of grace. It's very familiar to most of the people in the room, but maybe it's the first time that you have ever experienced. It's the first time you've ever heard of it. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, if you'd stand to your feet all across the building, it says this. Now, when they had heard this, when they had heard about the gift of grace, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we need to do, preacher? What do we need to do, Pastor Taryn? Prayer team leader, what do we need to do? And verse 38, it says this, Then Peter, just as I'm doing right now, said, this, said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Today, no, these people that stand before me do not have the gift of grace in their hands or in the vial of oils that they have. But let me tell you something. The gift of grace is in the house today. And it's for you. In the acts of repentance. In the acts of repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. For the remission of sins. A person's response to God's offer to receive his grace, which comes by the infilling of his spirit. It can happen to you today. It can happen with you today. But sir, let me tell you something. It's more than you crying. Ma'am, it's more than you being broken in spirit. Today, you've got to come and receive the gift of grace. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. Somebody say his mercy. He saved us by the washing. 
of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he showed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And this is where it hinges. And I know that many of you in the house today, you're a recipient of the gift of the Holy Ghost at one point in time. You had the gift of the Holy Ghost and it lived inside of you as alive and it's well. You're a recipient of grace, but though your actions do not show that today, I'm asking you to come to an altar today. Although grace is God's greatest gift to mankind, it is one that each individual must choose whether or not I will accept it. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some of you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God filled you with his spirit. You got baptized in Jesus' name and you failed after that. You messed up after that and after that and after that. And you feel that I'm just going to keep on going through the motions. Nobody will ask me any questions. Listen to me. You have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he wants you to live this life more abundantly. And so I encourage you today to come to an altar and be the recipient of his grace once again. Let his grace and his power that is for you steal. Even though you stumped your toe, even though you skinned your spiritual knee, come to an altar today and receive the gift of grace afresh that you can live how God wants you to live. He wants you to live joyous. He wants you to live happy. He wants you to live with an expectation of being with him in paradise. Don't go through the motions. Come to an altar today and say, God, renew in me a right spirit. God, I want to feel your grace and your mercy. Shower my spirit and my heart afresh. Lord, I've, I've lost faith, oh Lord. I, I've lost my endurance and my passion. And Lord, I just go through the motions. So nobody will ask me any questions. Pastor won't say anything. So I'm here in church. I've lost my desire to study. I've lost my desire to read. I've lost my desire to worship. That's not how God wants you to live. That's not what God came and he died for. And he, ro he robed himself in flesh and died that you would go through the motions. No, sir. No, ma'am. He wants you to live forgiven. He wants you to live as a recipient of the gift of grace. But it's up to you. Pastor Darren can't do it. Truth Church can't do it. Only you can receive the gift today. And as we go into Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving week I would that you would put some thought into it am I living as a recipient of the gift of grace or am I just going through the motions it is very simple it's not hard to do walk to that table that's set before you today and pick up that gift of grace and say Lord I'm going to unwrap it and I'm going to live how you intended me to live I'm going to live forgiven I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live righteous. Lord, the wage of sin is death. I should be dying. I should be dead. But you came because you loved me so much to give me the gift of grace. 
Would you step out of your pew right now, every person in this building? Today we have water. Today we have a place to get baptized in Jesus' name. Today you can be filled with His Spirit. Let me tell you something. You must be born again of water and Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. It's not a religion. It's not what some religion teaches you. It is what the Bible teaches. It's Bible doctrine. We must be born of water and Spirit. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. A sprinkle won't do it. Being baptized in the titles will not do it according to God's word. You've got to be baptized in his name, the name of Jesus. Come on, every hand lifted as you come to this altar. Would you press in? Please, please come in today. Please don't be on the fringes. Please come in. Bow your knees. Get on your face if you have to. God, I want to be a recipient of the gift of grace today. Come on, let's pray as they begin to sing. Come on, let's pray as they begin to sing. Every person under the sound of my voice. God, I want to be a recipient of the gift of grace. I remember who I was. I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time, and sin separated, the breach was far too wide, but from the far side of Come on, the sir. chasm, would you step out of your you pew, me in your side, Come on, young lady. So you don't let bitterness take hold. That's not how God wanted you to live. Across the great don't alienate yourself from the people of God. Jesus Himself. Heaven's come on, come to this altar. To build it here he loved you inside. too much. That's why I came. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe. You paid for them. Broke my chains, yes. freed my soul. Yes, for the first time I had hope. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of life. Thank you, Come on, would you find Jesus, somebody? It has pray with him in the altar. Would you bring somebody with you right now?